Welcome to Get Your Fix, a podcast bringing you insights and expertise in facilities management. Brought to you by Vixo, changing the way the world sees facilities management. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Get Your Fix, a Vixo podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate you listening along to another Vixo podcast. As you're listening to today's conversation, make sure that you're going to our website, vixo.com, for more information on solutions, services, and of course, other pieces of Vixo content like blogs, podcasts, articles, videos, and more. But also make sure you're subscribing to get your fix on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. When you hit that subscribe button, you'll get a full catalog of previous episodes, as well as notifications when we drop new ones. So on this episode of the podcast, we're answering the question, what makes for a quality service provider network? At Vixo, we've made it a priority to build out a network of professionals to assist our clients in all of their varying facilities needs. But building that network to be reliable and personalized takes a strict set of standards and a tried and true method for evaluation, vetting, and retention. So as an end user, as you're deciding whether or not you want to partner with a third party for your facility's needs, what is the value of a thoughtfully curated provider network? What does thoughtfully curated really even mean in context? And how does it improve your facilities program? So to give insights on all of that, plus break down Vixo's process for network selection, I'd like to welcome our two guests, Scott Smith, Vice President of Service Provider Management, and Chad Schroeder, Director of Service Provider Relationship Management, both with Vixo. Chad, Scott, great to have you both on. How are y'all doing? Great. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Doing great. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to sourcing both of your insights today, and we've got a lot to cover, so let's go ahead and jump right in. I want to start by uh, just better explaining for our audience, or at least giving them a refresher on the sort of services that you provide. So when an end user is working with Vixo, they obviously get access to Vixo's network of service providers, and those providers meet a lot of different facilities needs. So can you remind us what sort of providers you have in your network, and what services do they achieve for an end user? Great question. Thanks, Daniel. Uh, I can tell you that the range of lines of service that we provide to our customers is, is uh, very, very large. Everything from HVAC refrigeration providers to snow removal and really everything in between. Um, handyman services, glass, locks, doors, uh, electrical, plumbing. So it it's really it's really based on what the need is of the customer and utilizing those service providers that we have in our existing network, marrying those two together and, and making sure that we understand the, the needs of the client and really some of the nuances of the client is, is really what it's all about. And we can, we can put those two things together and, and provide a successful relationship. Yeah. And this is Chad. I mean, with the, uh, an easy way to, for most people to understand is, if you look at a facility, you look at their roof, and then you look at their parking lot, anything from that roof to that parking lot and everything in between inside and out, Vixo has a, a network that can provide service for, for anything. Perfect. Thanks for that refresher. We're going to go ahead and get more specific now. When end users are looking to outsource their facilities, services, and needs, 
what is the benefit of pulling from an already established network like Vixos instead of finding a partner themselves? Do you ever hear from end users that uh, you know they have hesitancy outsourcing that kind of thing, that they would like to have the oversight and in really choosing who is best for their needs? And I guess how can they really trust that the network option is truly matched to their specific needs? Go ahead and break down that dynamic for us. So I think first off, uh, I'd like to mention that we do a lot of work with our uh, network service providers up front to get to a place where we are aligned on expectations. And through our service provider agreements, we're, we really understand what their capabilities are, not only uh, from a pricing or bandwidth perspective, but the ability to perform specific services. And so if you're out there as a potential client and you're doing doing the work yourself and, and establishing those relationships with the service providers, it's a it's a it's a lot of work for you to um, understand what the capability of each one of your service providers are, and so you may not have the best control over uh, the services that you're receiving, or uh, even even let's say a quoting process where you're getting um, two or three different service providers to to quote out or bid a job, and and getting that information in a format that you understand and and that you are comfortable with to make a decision to move forward with a service provider, and and I think the power of Vixo is that work that we do up front to establish those expectations and and to put things in a in a simple format so that so that the end user can understand exactly what it is that they're they're paying for and the benefits that they're receiving from our service providers. I mean, really well put. And, and, and honestly, we hear that a lot from potential clients and current clients. And you absolutely can go find your own providers. Um, but imagine the the amount of resource it takes if you have even just as small as 100 sites of tracking all those service requests, making sure, making sure that they all have insurance, following up on items that may not have been finished. Um, dispatching. I mean, it, it's it's an immen- a tremendous amount of infrastructure to run that. And, and even if you were able to do that, how are you validating market pricing? How are you getting to the front of the line? Because you only have you know a, one one store in that city. Uh, with the help of Vixo and our network, we do about a hundred thousand service requests every month. Our service providers are ready, willing, and able at the drop of a hat, whether you have one store or a thousand, we keep them busy and we keep them focused on the end user, uh, on our clients. And I think that level of vetting, that level of oversight that you place on your network is not only what sets Vixo apart from a lot of other players in the industry, uh, but you know I'm sure inspires a lot of confidence for end users and I think meets those those needs that a lot of your clients may have because though you may be working with large clients i'm sure you also have small to medium-sized companies uh and though they may be the ones that need the most help because they work with smaller teams a lot of times those smaller companies uh you know like to have more control over what's going on Uh, you know they have more more of a stake in every single little operation that happens with their brick and mortar and the success of their business and i'm sure it can be stressful to you know uh, 
really weigh the cost benefit of outsourcing something as important as facilities management. So, um, you know, expanding on that dynamic, do you see any differences in how small to medium sized companies looking for these services uh, treat that dynamic? You know, how they feel about outsourcing uh, to a network of, uh, of vetted professionals, and you know, how do you try to assuage their concerns? Well, absolutely. Um, you'll see small to medium sized clients have a lot more. Um, they've been much more involved from the very right. beginning as they've grown. So they have a, a very good relationship with certain providers that they've used. They're very they're very knowledgeable about their facilities and how they want them run. Um, but even if you look at a very large corporation th- that we would deal with, the the facilities team or the manager at that store they're concerned about that one store. So whether you have 5,000 sites that we manage or 200, we really want to make sure the person that runs that facility for you in that city, in that town, gets the attention um, that they need. Because to them, it's their one store. They take a lot of pride in that. And, and that's one of the things that when we source our service provider partners, we we take a lot of referrals from our clients. Um, we try to work with people that they've, they've trusted over time as well and use them potentially uh, to continue to work those facilities. We also have referrals from other people within our network, other lines of service or similar lines of service that they have a friend in another city. It's a very tight network that we run. And we also take website applications, um, parts houses, we'll call parts houses and manufacturers to get make sure that we have the best qualified people in these facilities. But it is extremely important that when we bring on those providers, that the person that we're dealing with at that site level knows that they're the most important person on that phone call every time they call in or every time they have an issue. Yeah, that's a great point, Chad. And and I guess to reiterate your point about not losing the local knowledge of some of the existing service providers that are, are doing some of the work today for, for, for those folks, um, we, we definitely take that input uh, and and potentially try to bring them in into the Vixo network and then work with them again to to kind of be able to provide that that level of oversight that our customer is looking for and and also to your point Chad on local management of those stores or or locations I think you know this is a little bit outside of the SP conversation but it definitely um, it is a great point to talk to is is having that the service center relationships that we have with our with our operations folks um, with some of those uh, key personnel whether it's an area facility manager for the for the end user or um, even a, a store manager knowing uh, ha- knowing who they're calling and and being able to uh, relay an issue that that perhaps is, has been kind of a nagging issue for them and being able to work together to resolve that issue, I think is a really a strong point for Vixo. So let's go ahead and get more into how Vixo develops and vets this network, because uh, I think the process is very insightful and reveals a lot about the kind of care that you've taken to uh, you know, really live up to these expectations that you've set for yourself and for the level of service that end users can expect. So when you're in the search for a new provider, you're adding someone to the network, where do you typically start and what are your sourcing methods? Uh, how have you refined those channels? You know, just as Chad mentioned, um, word, word of mouth, either from the client or, you know, from other 
other sources is really important. You know, we, if we're looking for a new provider for a specific line of service, uh, say a plumber in, in the Southwest, um, we may go to other service providers that we have a great relationship with in the similar area and say, hey, who, who do you work with that you know of that has some, some great work history and try to source some names from those folks. We'll get them from, again, as Chad mentioned, from the, from the potential client. We'll, we'll go to some, some professional trade organizations or even and this is this is a great one that that chad really um kind of puts a feather in his cap on this one which he should um in going to some of the local supply houses and understanding who 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 are our potential uh, providers out there what what is the 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 total universe out there that we can really start to investigate and then go have conversations with all of those different providers and when we're looking for those providers, like Scott said, I mean, we, we put a lot of effort into it. Um, when we go to a parts house or, or we talk to a manufacturer, we don't always ask the typical questions. You know, who's looking for work? Who has resources available that they want to grow their business? Um, who drives the nice vans? <laughs> who pays their bills on time? We want a very good representation of Vixo walking into every one of our client sites. It's not just that they can do the work. We want to know that they can, they're, they're licensed, they can do the work, they're going to do a good job, and they're going to treat our clients or their facilities like their own. Um, it, it's a much more than just being able to do the work. And again, going back to the, that work that we do up front, we'd like to develop a relationship with the service providers um, that we're sending out to these different locations with, with those um, store managers and, and they're going to go back time and again to that same location. So they're going to develop that, that local knowledge and have that experience and relationship locally on the ground. And that's, that's because we don't, we're not just going to send out, you know, whatever service provider that we can find to send out at the time. It's not, you know, we're not just uh, putting word out on the street that we need somebody to go service a call. That's where the work that we do up front comes becomes value to the to the end user. You mentioned a few of the word of mouth channels which include just references from either clients or providers or other folks on your Vixo team. How important are those references for expanding your network and you know I guess how do you value the sort of level of trust that you expect getting a reference like that and then vetting it for yourself? Yeah, we've got some some great folks on the ground out there. We've got uh, field service reps that that you know live and and work in different regions of North America that really have their ear to the ground and know in totality who who the providers are in in that area and that can do work. And so we've got we really you know, value those, those folks and the relationships that they have out on the, out in the field and want to make sure that we're continuously tapping in, into those folks. So, um, absolutely that, that word of mouth and, and, you know, think about your, your local businessman or business person who is, uh, owns their own company, um, locally that maybe has 15 or 20, 20 folks, um, working for them and maybe, you know, eight to 10 trucks that they're sending out. Those folks, they want to do business, you know, 
with a handshake and know that they've done a good job. And those are the folks that we want to engage and, and, you know, for not only for the end user, but for the community as well. And so having, giving those folks an opportunity to be successful and grow their businesses. I mean, that's, that's a great thing for, for us that, that we are all, always keeping a business or eye on to be able to give them the additional business um, so that they can, they can continue to uh, instill some of those values across the community. I want to compare uh, Vixo's approach to uh, network curation compared to the rest of the industry. So with a lot of similar provider networks out there for facilities work, uh, or you know, even if we look more broadly, just sort of third-party outsourcing of various brick-and-mortar or business needs where you need a specific uh, expert provider to come fulfill said need, right? Uh, a lot of times, who ends up getting sourced and sent out to the site is basically a lottery system, right? Sometimes it's a different individual, sometimes it's an entirely different provider, and it just depends on who's available, who's in the region, who has time to fulfill uh, that request. So is this usually the expected dynamic when you're working with end users uh, and you know they're looking to outsource any aspect of their facilities management to you? And have you find that there are ways to make this dynamic of who actually comes to the site more consistent? I, honestly, I think um, the end user, it's some of them just think that that's the way it is because that's all they've ever experienced. With Vixo, that's not the case. Um, we assign service providers to sites to make sure the same people are, are going to those sites so they're familiar with that facility. And if, if a company is busy or they can't, just can't squeeze in, in, in an emergency call or a normal call, we'll have a backup provider for that first provider. Um, again, someone that knows that site, they've been there, they, they know the managers, uh, and they can take care of the business. Um, it, it's too often that you see third parties. It really is that lottery. They put it out there and whoever grabs it first gets to run that call. And that doesn't mean they're the best to run that call. They just were available first or who's ever cheap. It sounds terrible, but a lot of providers are sent out just because they're cheap and there's more margin. And the reality is with, with Vixo and the way we've managed it is we send out the right person the first time. Uh, and that person's familiar with that site. They're assigned to it. We we tell them that we want them to make that theirs. Treat it like it's yours. And when you go back the next time, if something is wrong or something needs to get looked at again, they're responsible to that site, to that manager, and they'll make it right. So it is very different. Our network is built and it's specific to sites and clients. They can transition from one client to another, from one site to another. Um, they're very good at what they do. But it is different because they will go back to that same site sometimes five, 10 years. They know the families of the people that run those facilities or, or those sites. It's, it's unbelievable, but it becomes a family. Yeah. And, and Chad, I mean, wouldn't you agree that the data that we're able to accumulate and the being able to monitor the KPIs um, will show, will bear out the fact that who we've got in there is the right person. And, and if it doesn't, then we're able to make that change and either go to the backup or the tertiary or, or even maybe even source out a whole new 
provider, but I think that the the level of data that we you, you mentioned uh, the callbacks, right? And and we even monitor the the number of callbacks, and we're able to manage the the assets um, through through that data and see ensure that you know it's not a warranty call, or or if it is that that the customer is not getting charged again for that. So I think that level of da- data just goes hand in hand with exactly what you said. Without a doubt, and you're, and you're right. It's not just emotional. There, there's da- it's data driven. Uh, we do bring an emotional aspect to that data because not everything's black and white. But you're absolutely spot on. Even if they're our best friend that's running to that site, if they're not performing up to the standards of our client, um, we have the ability to know that up upfront. We'll figure that out, and we can we can help them grow their business, figure out how to help them um, do better, or we can replace them as necessary. But it's always that it's. It's always a personal touch with us. That personalized touch is really the key factor here, right? Having the end user feel like whoever's coming to service their site is consistently the same person or at least the same provider and building that sense of, okay, we're getting someone here who really understands our needs, has a history, uh, you know, a catalog of our previous needs and understands sort of where we've gotten uh, you know, from from where we've come and how to continue to service our dynamic varying needs. But with that in mind, creating that personalized approach means having folks in specific regions to quite literally travel to the different sites that you serve. So with clients all over the nation, how do you ensure that there are enough personalized providers in each region? Uh, you know, Is there even an abundance of providers in every state that can provide that kind of personalized approach? Uh, give us your thoughts. Yeah, no, that, that can be a challenge in some, in some areas, you know, where uh, maybe you're seeing a lot of new growth, and so the uh, the number of service providers in that area hasn't really caught up to the to the growth. Um, but that's where our relationships that we have with existing providers and knowing what their ultimate goal is it comes in handy. And by what I mean by that is. Um, we, we often will go to a service provider and say, Hey, you know, we're, we're struggling in Oklahoma city. Is that something that you can help us out with? And, you know, knowing that they've been looking to open a new branch in, in that area. And so if we can go to them with the business that we're looking to, to be able to provide to them, they're able to hire on the technicians and get their business ramped up to be able to, to support those areas. So um, again, it goes back to that relationship with the service providers and really understanding, you know, what is it that that really drives these different service providers? Are they looking for growth? Some some aren't. Some are looking just to to really have consistent business. And we can do that through our PM program so that they can reallocate their work throughout the month. And if, you know, on a slow day, they can go do PMs and, a, and on a busy day where they've got a, react, a lot of reactive calls, then they can maybe put off those PMs to the next week. Um, but understanding those relationships and what drives these service providers are, I think, what helps set us apart. And Scott, spot on. I mean, the it, it's, it's no secret within the trades industries, there's fewer and fewer people going to trades every year. So uh, finding a refrigeration technician or even in a, 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 someone who can patch a roof, um, fix a, 
uh, fuel dispenser. They're com- they're harder and harder to find. So there's a lot more competition to get get those that we need in our in our network. But that relationship, like Scott said, is so important to us, and that's why people want to work with us. We treat them as people and not numbers, and that's why we continue to have a strong network and build. Where many other people, it's it's very hard for them to build a network or any any type of network because there's so few people out there doing trades anymore. I mentioned, uh, you know, having an understanding of an end user's previous needs and using that to inform, you know, current facilities management or strategies. How important is record keeping to maximizing these kinds of personalized relationships? And what kind of proactive insights do you tie to detailed client records, uh, you know, when you make that a priority for your uh, provider network? Yeah, I can tell you we have a, a, a very uh, dedicated team of analytics folks that um, are specialized in being able to take, you know, data dumps from either prospective clients or existing clients on asset information or um, different uh, location information. We can drill uh, into data and dice and slice data like you would not believe it. Before I came to VIXO, um, I had never seen anything like it. And now I have a much better appreciation for for analytics. Um, and it really helps kind of focus where we want to drive some of, some of the business and some of the conversations with our service providers. Um, so very, very valuable, the, the technology piece that of all the information that we collect on every one of our service requests, as well as the information that we're receiving um, externally from from our, from other folks. And even sometimes, you know, we'll get that from the service providers themselves, that they're the best place sometimes to, to, to start when we're trying to solve a problem and saying, hey, you know, what are you, what are you seeing on some of these calls? And then they'll They'll come to us with a whole bunch of data and say, you know, these are all the service requests um, surrounding that issue that that you just mentioned. And then we're able to, again, slice and dice that information and really come up with an informative plan of attack to for continuous improvement for the customer. And, and it's amazing the, the technology that just even in the last two or three years, um, the way we've made it real time for everybody. I mean, Scott and I, if, if we know a client or a service provider is having a pain point, we don't have to wait for an analytics department and, and get reports and wait and wait. We literally can go into our data and pull out that information. The deeper dive, you know, I mean, we can do surface um, investigation point and click. It's right there. If we need a deeper dive with more history, we have a full analytics team that can help us, but it's not something that has to take long. If someone has a pain point, whether it's a client or provider, we can dig into it extremely fast and figure out the best direction to help each other be successful. Let's get even more specific on Vixo's approach here. So I know you have several key criteria that you use to vet new providers, make sure they're a fit for your network, and you basically set a standard to them and for them as they enter. So I want to highlight a few. These are just uh, a handful of the various criteria that you have, but I I picked the ones that I think uh, are most important or at least that were just most insightful to me. So let's start here. I want to get some more context from y'all. 
One of your criteria is 24-7 availability, that your uh, providers in the network are accessible basically anytime for any kind of issue. Why is this accessibility so important to developing a uh, personalized experience for the end user? Uh, and has this been you know, a challenge to source or, uh, I don't know, break down that dynamic for us? Well, I'd say 24-7 availability it comes at a cost, but if your facility is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you need it to be serviced. But there's also the instance where um, maybe our construction team uh, is getting pulled in after hours to do a, a refresh, or um, we're doing installs of new equipment. You don't want to take a, a client's site down during the day or, or, or threaten their sales that day, no matter what business they're in, because we're in their way doing an install or a refresh. We, we need to be able to do that after hours. But again, if, if a, a facility is open 24-7, they're probably not super busy at 3 a.m., but that's a great time to go in there and do work that might otherwise impact the business during the day. So for us, it's not just emergency. Emergency is important, but it's also to make sure that we are doing the work when it best suits the client. Yeah, great, great point. It, you, I can think of a, a current client that we have where we're doing now the PMs on equipment at night. And so it really benefits not only the client, but also the service provider, because when they're doing them at night, when they're after business hours, they can actually do multiple machines at the same time. So they don't have to worry about taking a machine out of production. That's a revenue generating piece of equipment. Um, and losing revenue because that's no longer in production and where they can actually do multiple uh, PMs at the same time, get them done actually quicker for the service provider. And it's ultimately better for the client as well. So, um, you know, th those are just some of the benefits that, that come along with having that 24-7 support. Next key criteria I want to highlight is you basically set a standard that anyone joining your network needs to have dispatch that allows for constant communication with technicians. So basically you're looking for providers that have uh, their own robust communication networks that will allow for uh, consistent and efficient communications between technicians, Vixo, end users, etc. Can you break that down and I guess you know ground a little bit what is a quality level of dispatch? You know, what is the standard you're looking for there and why? And again, you know, we, we were just talking about 24-7 response, but dispatch in that 24-7 format is, is, you know, goes hand in hand, I guess, with, with that last discussion. And being able to be in constant contact with the uh, technician so that we can feed back the information to the customer. So, you know, if, if there's a location that's suffering a uh, hot water loss because of a boiler, um, we want to be able to feed back to the, to the customer, you know, when is that hot water going to return so that we can return to nor business as normal or what kind of contingency planning do we need to, to make? They may have to go to some type of extraordinary measure to be able to continue to supply you know their services to the to the population at large but as long as we're in constant communication with their dispatch and the technician then we can make sure that we're keeping the customer up to date as well 
and having that information real time. Um, long ago, the days of, or I should say the days of bringing in your work ticket at the end of the day to see what happened, um, that's gone. We need to know what's going on right now. Um, some providers will use their own system to be able to, to communicate back and forth with their technicians uh, real time. Some of them will use our system that we provide to the, the network where they will um, provide that information not only to their company, but to us at real time so our clients can see it real time. Um, that dispatch and that communication is, is paramount because if there's an issue, we want to know about it so we can help fix it. Or it could be just as simple as the, the job was supposed to be done at three o'clock today. We just want to confirm that it's done at three o'clock. We don't need to make 15 phone calls or, or find someone who knows somebody. We can look in our system, they can look in their portal, and we know that the job's been completed properly. Maybe on that note, another uh, quick criteria that is a big part of your vetting process is making sure that your providers are comfortable with technology. I know that's kind of broad, but maybe more specifically, at least just comfortable with third-party portals, comfortable with integrating uh, technologies that either the end user or Vixo would need to deliver on a positive end user facilities experience. Break down what kind of technology you need your providers to be comfortable with and why. How does it reflect uh, what end users need out of their uh, facilities maintenance needs today? So great question. And, you know, you would be surprised to know, I guess, that uh, a lot of service providers out there are who are kind of happy with their with their status quo are are still doing business all in paper, and um, don't have any electronic systems. We've engaged with some of those providers uh, before, and you know sometimes we can help them bring them along into kind of a different age. But but some of the important aspects of of what you mentioned there, being able to make their job a little bit more efficient in as they check in or check out on onto a site we 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 can do that through geofencing and so having a mobile technology that allows you to have an app on your phone that says hey i just received this uh, service request from vixo yep i've got the request so now we've got a eta and we can communicate with the customer when that technician is going to be on site and then when they do get on site, we know that they're on site because of the geofencing. And then when they leave site, we know when they've left. So it, it helps the service provider um, because when they submit their invoice, we can automatically populate those uh, labor hours in the invoice. So there's there's no question about well, were they here for six hours or were they here for eight or were they really here at all? Um, that that no longer becomes a question. And so by removing that doubt from both the, uh, on the service provider side and the customer side really, really helps out. So there are many service providers that have their own electronic systems and we can integrate with, with their systems so that the technician doesn't actually have to log into a Vixo app. They can do it all through their app and automatically update our systems as they go. So that, that information, you know, goes back to, to our discussion earlier about all the data that we have. And so they can automatically update what parts were, were used on that service request. And then we have pricing available and part numbers available 
available in our database and they can automatically select those. Um, so it really, it really facilitates the entire process and makes everyone more efficient. We also, we use technology to make things go fast. And it's not just for us, but it's for, it's for our service provider as well. The speed to invoice, if they follow the process that Scott just mentioned, they have a good inventory system. So they're reordering parts when they need them so our, our clients aren't down waiting for a part. Um, that itself will reduce the cost for a service provider because they're not stocking parts maybe that they're not using or too many of what they want. So a good inventory system is incredibly important for us. And the speed to invoice, it's good for us and it's good for our client. It's most important, good for our service provider. We don't want you billing us once a month. We would expect with someone with good technology can bill us within seven days or less. We, we have some providers who bill us same day. We love that. At Vixo, we absolutely love getting invoice from our providers as fast as possible. So we know that the work is done and we can close out that ticket um, with our end client. So we do use a lot of technology. It is for the benefit of all. All right, a couple more key criteria I want to break down with y'all. Next one is that you look for providers that historically have done business with third-party maintenance suppliers and know how to manage specific accounts and their specific unique needs. This one feels really critical. Uh, it matches up you know, honestly, exactly with what the whole vision of your network is, which is to have people in the network that are used to giving that quality customer service and that uh, level of personalization. So in this sort of uh, understanding of what your providers need to already have experience wise working with third party suppliers and managing these accounts, understanding specific needs. How does that actually manifest itself materially? Uh, you know, in day to day operations, uh, what are you looking for out of your providers in that space? Well, real quick, we love when they've worked with other uh, other companies that are third party because we can show them how much better we are. <laughs> Little plug for Vic. So <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but seriously, uh, we have, um, there's a lot of work out there for um, service providers does come from third party networks. Um, there's different levels of networks. Some are that lottery system, some are dedicated like we are. And we, we look for that because that provider understands that there's checks and balances within the system. They understand budgets. They understand the importance of taking care of every single client um, or every single call like it was their only client that day. So to us, that's incredibly important. But and, and I was kidding, but I'm actually serious as well. If they've worked with other third party networks like ours uh, or, or similar to that idea, most will find that they like working with Vixil because they're a person. And I don't know how many times I hear that a week. You treat us like people. We're not a number. Um, it wasn't always that way, but Vixo has put a lot of energy over the years to make sure our providers know that they're our partners. And anywhere, whether it's AP, the service center, our field reps, um, someone like me or Scott, we all treat them as partners within our business. And that is a critical um, difference between us and other third parties. And it helps us actually probably give more business to those guys that are familiar with that because they value us more. Well said, Chad. Yeah, I think when when they have that experience with the with the other third party maintenance suppliers, that 
again, they know how to, to manage um, the VIXO account uh, and, and typically having experience and, and uh, understanding some of the systems, is it, it will give them a leg up versus other potential providers. Um, but, you know, ultimately, that's not a it's it's not necessary but as chad mentioned i think it it makes vixel look good in the long run so thanks for pointing that out chad that was great all right those were the main criteria i wanted to highlight is there anything that i didn't hit on that uh, you both would like to highlight as well that you find is an essential uh, you know vetting process for vixo's personalized network strategy I would say real quick, I mean, we look for people that want to grow their business. As Scott said previously, a provider or a team that's just happy with status quo doesn't really fit our model. We are looking for um, businesses that want to grow along with us. We are looking for businesses that are flexible in our industry and in, in our economy right now. You have to be flexible. We don't want to have to fight with you every time something changes. We want to work together to make sure that we can do the best with each other to give our clients what they need as things change. So wanting to grow, being flexible, and having good communication, those are really the key things that drive success um, with us and some of our best providers. All right, Chad, Scott, got one last set of questions here for you before we wrap. Basically, I want to try to better understand uh, how you keep partners within your network. Uh, because I'm sure once these providers are in the network, it's a lot of work to replace them and always try to find new companies to add. I imagine it's in everyone's best interest to retain the partners in your network. So not only does that relationship grow and become better, um, but also for your end users, you know, if a partner drops out of your network and they were integral for their facilities needs, now you have to explain to the client that they're going to get a new partner, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, again, in everyone's best interest that folks remain in the network. So how do you make these service providers feel like they're a part of a network that's more than just a transactional relationship, but something uh, that, like you said, is more uh, related to helping these businesses grow, you know, their business as well, uh, providing some investment in long-term success, keeping them engaged and excited about this partnership. Break that side of this dynamic down for us and uh, how you have refined that over the years. So for, first, let me just say that um, this is Raiden Chad's wheelhouse because he is the service provider relationship manager. So obviously, we, we invest heavily into those relationships. I will also say that we have a, um, a number of service provider managers that are geographically responsible for different areas of North America. And so if they have an immediate need, they can reach out to these individual service provider managers who are, who are really going to take care of them. Um, and, and in addition to that, we have multiple tools that the service providers can use in their journey with VIXO. Um, we have a dedicated uh, hotline for service pro providers that they can call into if they're having issues with invoicing or, or say they have system issues and, and they need a password reset or whatever the case may be. But um, we've got folks standing by waiting for those calls and, and uh, we take care of them as soon as we can. And then back out to Chad and, and his team who are responsible for having those conversations, ongoing conversations, just about the, the their current 
status as an SP in the network, um, how, how they're performing from a KPI perspective, what's going on with Vixo, what's on the horizon. You know, the, those are things that, that we're constantly engaged in to make sure that service providers have the visibility and transparency is just, just like Chad mentioned, they're our partners. They're really our product to the, to the customer. And so, you know, we, we don't treat that, that relationship lightly. And I think we're, we're very fortunate to have a, a great group of people that work at VIX so that interact not only with our clients, but with our, our network. Um, it, it wasn't always that way. I mean, VIXO has done an incredible amount of work and investment to, to develop the culture that we have and that we've had for some time now, which is to be personable, to not throw something over the fence, to deal with it, to find a partner within the business that can help you deal with it and, and take life seriously. I mean, in a good way, um, we're not, we're not crazy serious. We have a lot of fun in this company. We have a lot of fun with our providers, but, um, we, we put a tremendous amount of effort into making everyone feel inclusive. Like Scott said, transparency. We, we look at their invoices. We contact providers when they're not invoicing us fast enough, or they have outstanding invoices. We want to make sure that they get paid. I don't know too many companies out there that call you up and say, Hey, by the way, can you bill me, please? I want to pay you. Uh, other companies might just hope it goes away. Uh, we invest a lot. We invest a lot in our client, our service providers, and definitely a lot into our uh, the people that make Vixel run. So it, it's not just one thing. It's the entire it's the entire soup, you might say, that makes this all work. And I think that does it for our conversation today. So thank you, Chad and Scott, for your insights on the podcast so far. It's really been a pleasure getting to break down Vixo's strategy for developing a quality service provider network, how you vet the folks that enter your network, uh, the various criteria that you set, and why this is a valuable asset for end users to have that kind of personalized network approach. So thank you again to our two guests, Scott Smith, VP of Service Provider Management, and Chad Schroeder, Director of Service Provider Relationship Management, both with Vixo. Scott and Chad, if folks want to find out more about your work in this space, uh, if they want to learn more about how you curate your network or just get in touch, how can they do so? I will give you Scott's home phone number. Hey, I love it. I love it. Hey, I mean, hey, you said you're keeping things personalized. So (laughs) no, Scott Scott can answer this better. We have a great way through our website. Yeah. Vixo.com. We have the capability to uh, take take requests to join our network and and somebody will follow up with you personally. So that's really the best way to, to, to reach out and engage with us. Fantastic. Chad, Scott, thanks again for your time. Looking forward to some future conversations. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. Appreciate the time. And thank you, everyone, for listening to another episode of Get Your Fix, a Vixo podcast. If you like what you heard and want to listen to previous episodes, make sure that you're heading to our website, vixo.com, and subscribing to Get Your Fix on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time.